Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book, The Whole Brain Child, 12 Revolutionary Strategies to Nurture Your Child's Developing Mind, Survive Everyday Parenting Struggles, and Help Your Family Thrive. As children develop and grow, they sure can cause a series of headaches to their parents. Tantrums, for example, are a common episode. When adults tell children to cut down screen time, stop playing to go showering, or tell them anything that goes against their momentary wishes, it is not unusual that the little ones begin stomping their feet and screaming in protest. Infants' interpersonal relationships can also unfold many issues. Imagine that, a moment ago, your child and their friend were seen happily sharing their toys together. As soon as you turned your back, though, the kids started to squabble. Maybe your child struggles with focus and concentration, but you haven't noticed that yet? When your kids are doing homework, their eyes wander left and right instead of focusing on the textbook. The list of matters worth paying attention to when raising a child goes on and on. As parents, how do you handle these problems? Do you believe that your kids are still young and it's okay to turn a blind eye to their mistakes? Do you think that scolding will remind the child to be obedient? Or are you going to apply a lot of reasoning to get your child to behave until you are blue in the face? If you have tried these methods, you may have noticed that they can have little or no effect. By disregarding important episodes and meaningful issues with their kids, parents automatically take for granted the opportunity to educate them, opening the door to a life of downturns. Anger and verbal accusation may cause children to act more rebellious, but they are not meant for empty talk at all. So, stuck in the middle of both extreme behaviors, what exactly should we do as parents? We believe that you'll find eye-opening answers about parenthood and better understand the many turns of properly raising a child in the whole brain child. The book is a groundbreaking work in the field of child-rearing. The authors tell us that the root cause of many childhood problems is that a child's brain is neither well-integrated nor capable of dealing with issues along the way. As parents, we can guide our kids and help them integrate different parts of their brains. Then, they will be able to better handle their emotions, thoughts, and relationships problems, thus being able to better enjoy childhood and grow to be well-rounded, capable adults. Next, we will explain in three parts how the authors advise parents to raise happier and more peaceful children. Part 1 – Integrating the brain to help children escape emotional control and come to their senses. Part 2 – Integrating implicit memory and explicit memory to help children understand past experiences. Part 3 – Integrating self and other to improve children's self-control and interpersonal skills. Part 1 – Integrating the brain to help children escape emotional control and come to their senses. When we talk about integrating the brain it is important to, first, explain the core meaning of this process. Integration means making different parts of the brain work together as a whole. Our brain is divided into many parts that serve different functions and play different roles in our system. Horizontally, the brain can be divided into the left and right hemispheres. The left brain hemisphere helps you think logically and organize your thoughts into sentences. The right brain hemisphere helps you experience feelings and interpret nonverbal information, such as facial expressions, body posture, and tones of voice. The left brain is logical and fact-driven, while the right brain is more emotional. Vertically, the brain can also be divided into what is called the upstairs and the downstairs brain. The highly evolved upstairs brain controls higher-order analytical thinking. 
The more primitive downstairs brain is responsible for basic functions, innate reactions, impulses, and intense feelings. For the brain to function well, it needs to allow various parts to operate as a whole. It's the same principle as the coordinated operation of the body. For the body to function well, all organs need to work together the lungs do the breathing, the heart takes care of blood supply, and the stomach processes what we eat. We need all of our organs to properly play their roles in order to keep ourselves healthy and functional. The process of integration of the brain can be divided into two parts, integrating the left and right brain and integrating the upstairs and downstairs brain. When a child's brain becomes horizontally integrated, they will less likely to experience emotional flooding or emotional desert, because both functions are working together for emotional regulation, rather than swinging too far in either direction. When a child's brain becomes vertically integrated, they become aware of the need for emotional regulation and the need for thinking twice before acting impulsively. If and when a child's brain is given the opportunity and teaching to function in a coordinated manner, it will contribute to their solid mental health and emotional stability. Then, the brain will promote the ability to understand themselves and the world around them, paving the way to a balanced adulthood. So next, let's talk about the ways and techniques to integrate the left and right brain. The first method recommended by the book is based on connecting and redirecting. Violent waves of emotions from the right brain and a lack of logical sense from the left brain means that, without proper integration, kids cannot suitably control their emotions. Siegel gives an example of a child who had just gone to the bedroom to prepare for bedtime. Imagine that, unexpectedly, the child storms out of the room and yells at the mother, I'm mad that you never leave me a note in the middle of the night. Before the mother can even react to the episode, the child adds, you never do anything nice for me, and I'm mad because my birthday isn't for 10 more months, and I hate homework. At this point, the child's words are no longer logical, they are just random tantrums. The mother may feel clueless, which leads to the inability to accurately react or handle the different emotions and thoughts shared by the kid. Why is the kid behaving like this? In this case, the child had an issue integrating the left and right brain, so the process of controlling emotions failed. Therefore, it all bubbled up and manifested in the sudden outburst. The wrong thing to do in this situation would be to reason with the child. At this point, the logical left brain is no longer working. Siegel recommends that the first thing parents should do is listen, and pay attention to what the kid is trying to show. By receiving attention, children feel loved and this method is useful in letting them know that their emotions are valid. After that, it is a parent's responsibility to lead the kid to think logically. This process can be divided into two steps. The first one is to connect with the right brain. It requires us, adults, to use our right brains to connect with the children's right brains first. Then, it is time to respond to the emotional needs of their right brains, acknowledge the children's feelings and comfort them. Then comes step 2, redirect with the left brain. After processing emotions, parents need to guide children to contemplate them using their left brains. Once parents make what Siegel calls the right-to-right -right attunement, it will be easier to appeal to the left brain and rationally resolve issues. The second way to integrate the left and right brain relies on the name-it-to-tame-it technique. This method encourages children to speak about what causes their fear or pain. Parents' purpose, at this stage, is to calm down their infants as they are describing these painful or fearful experiences, letting them tell their truths without being overwhelmed by emotions. But why is retelling a story so effective? 
Well, we have already mentioned that the right brain processes emotions and personal memories, while the left brain gives meaning to them. So, when the right part of the brain emotionally captures children's experiences, it is crucial to create an opportunity for the left brain to engage and figure out what happened. Retelling the story is useful to the left brain and gives it time to sort through past experiences and better understand them. Let's analyze an example together. Imagine that a little girl accidentally flushed a toilet that was out of order and water gushed everywhere. As a result, she refused to touch the toilet again. The fear in her right brain had completely taken over. Then, the girl's father asks her to retell the whole story and helps her fill in the details. When describing the particularities of the scene that frightened her the most, the one where the water spilled onto the floor, she used her left brain to sort out what happened exactly. With repeated descriptions and the ability to process, the girl's brain finally figured out what was going on and was no longer afraid. Hence, her fear of touching the toilet disappeared. After talking about merging the left and right brain, let's touch on integrating the upstairs and downstairs brain. We previously mentioned the different functions of both parts. Our gut reactions and emotional impulses originate from the downstairs brain, while the upstairs brain provides higher-order analytical thinking. However, it is essential to note that the upstairs brain develops relatively slowly. It won't fully develop until a person reaches his or her 20s. Since their upstairs brains don't fully work at all times, children can easily become what Siegel calls trapped downstairs. Consequently, children get angry more easily, make poor decisions, and lack empathy and self-understanding. That is the time when parents need to help their kids with this process of brain integration. There are three ways to do this. Appealing to the upstairs brain is the first. Exercising the upstairs brain is the second, and the method of moving the body to avoid losing the mind is the third. Let's discuss the first method, appealing to the upstairs brain. When the upstairs brain comes into play, children can stay rational and take control of their emotions and bodies. To illustrate, think of you witnessing a four-year-old child dining in a restaurant. You see the boy suddenly walking away from the table, making angry and provocative faces, and sticking out his tongue at his parents. You think that, maybe, his dad would use his authority and ordered his child to stop making faces, and return to the table for dinner right away. Yet, this option would trigger the child's instinct to confront. Instead, the father chooses to awaken the child's upstairs brain to trigger a rational response. First, he acknowledges the child's emotions and asks him if he was upset. After receiving an affirmative answer, the father then asks his child for the reason behind his feelings. After learning the reason, he negotiates a solution with the child. In this process, the upstairs brain is doing its job. By the time, the kid is able to control his emotions and became more receptive to information, he and his father discuss the importance of upholding respect and courtesy in the restaurant. Next, let's discuss the second method, exercising the upstairs brain. The brain is like a muscle, the more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. There are multiple ways to exercise the upstairs brain of children, such as making decisions. Siegel argues that parents should let children practice making decisions by themselves as often as possible. For example, to promote self-understanding, children can be encouraged to draw or write diaries to enhance the self-awareness of their mental and emotional inner world. Encouraging children to pay attention to other people's feelings in daily life to exercise their empathy has the same effect. Another interesting approach is providing virtual scenarios for children to think about. 
For instance, you can ask your child if it is okay to run a red light in an emergency, to inspire your kid to ponder how to act and what the impact of such an action would be. Lastly, let's think about the meaning behind what Siegel calls moving the body to avoid losing the mind. In other words, this means making the upstairs, downstairs brain and the body effectively operate together through exercise. Science proves that physical movements can directly affect the secretion of chemicals in the brain. This means that changing our physical state can alter our emotional state, regardless of our age. For example, smiling can make people feel happy, deep breathing can alleviate anxiety. The next time your child needs to calm down from a cranky mood, you can try inviting them to jump along with you or go for a walk. This can help your little ones regain some aspect of balance and control by moving their bodies. In the bookies of other pieces, such as Spark and The Real Happy Pill, we specifically discussed how exercise affects the brain. If you want to learn more about this topic, feel free to listen to those two bookies, already available in our app. Alright, that concludes part 1. Until now, we talked about integrating the different parts of the brain to help children escape emotional control and better administer their senses and feelings. We must remember that there are two different but equally effective ways to integrate the left and right brain, connect and redirect, and name it to tame it. We should also keep in mind the three ways of making the upstairs and the downstairs brain connect, appealing, exercising and moving the body to avoid losing the mind. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now.